This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Betty Chen. Health Minister Chen Shizhong says Taiwan may eventually have to live with COVID-19, suggesting a shift in the government's messaging about the pandemic. Chen says the country will effectively be living with the virus once the infection rate hits 15 to 20 percent. Even with the recent spike in cases, the rate now sits at just 0.17 percent. Taiwan recorded 3,859 new COVID-19 cases on Friday, setting another daily record. New daily cases are expected to break 10,000 by the end of the month. Up to now, Taiwan's approach to the pandemic has mainly focused on containment. New measures being introduced suggest a move towards avoiding disruption to daily life. After much criticism about the treatment of migrant workers, Taiwan is announcing new regulations to improve conditions on fishing boats. From July, minimum wage for foreign fishermen will be raised by 100 U.S. dollars a month. There will be more government inspections of fishing fleets, and boats will have to be equipped with cameras to monitor working hours. Migrant fishing crews will no longer be permitted to remain at sea more than 10 months at a time. The move comes after prosecutors in the southern city of Kaohsiung this week charged nine people with violating human trafficking laws. The case was related to allegations of abuse aboard a fishing vessel. With only one trained driver signed up to work on Labor Day, Taiwan's Railway Authority is putting together a contingency plan ahead of a Labor Day Rail Workers Union strike. The workers are protesting a proposal to turn the Taiwan Railways Association into a state-run corporation. The strike is likely to affect more than 350,000 travelers over the weekend. The government plans to arrange buses to replace the suspended train services. Taiwan's president rang in Earth Day with calls for the country to become a world leader in combating climate change. Proposals to make Taiwan a green energy development center was the focal point of her speech at an environmental forum. The event in Taipei was attended by high-level politicians, business leaders and diplomats. She also outlined plans to invest in cleaner energy sources like hydrogen and geothermal power. Taiwan's government has announced its roadmap to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050. It's part of the country's efforts to join the international fight against climate change. But as Bing Wang reports, some environmental experts say the plan is not aggressive enough. Fulfilling a pledge made by President Tsai Ing-wen on Earth Day last year, Taiwan has officially released its roadmap to achieve zero-carbon emissions by 2050. It's part of a global effort to reduce the impact of climate change and to build a more sustainable environment. The main feature of the roadmap is to increase the country's renewable energy supply to at least 60% by 2050. In comparison, South Korea anticipates getting 60-70% to 70% of its electricity from renewables by 2050 and Japan's goal is 50 to 60 percent. I want to assure you that we are doing everything we can to stabilize electricity supply. We also plan to further 
strengthen our energy infrastructure, including cost grid. While navigating the transition to move to more substantial, sorry, to more sustainable and renewable energy sources. According to the latest statistics from Taiwan's Bureau of Energy, currently 5.5% of Taiwan's energy comes from renewables, 44.9% from coal, 35.7% from natural gas, and 11.2% from nuclear power. The government plans to spend 900 billion Taiwan dollars or 31.5 billion US dollars by 2030 to diversify its renewable energy sources. And beginning in 2024, taxes will also be levied on companies exceeding 25,000 tons of carbon emissions a year. That tax will be used to develop low emissions technology. Taiwan's National Development Minister says it will take the effort of both the public and private sectors to achieve this goal. John Liu, an environmental expert from National Taiwan University, says the roadmap is necessary because of the country's high carbon emissions. Taiwan, in terms of the, the emission of the entire country, we rank around 21. So we emit about 270 million tons per year. And globally, we, rank, we, we emit a little bit over 0.5%. But in terms of per capita level, actually Taiwan's contribution is substantial. But he says while it's an important first step, the roadmap should have more ambitious goals. As for now, we are looking at only 20%, 30% emission reduction at 2030. And that goal is much lower uh, than most other countries. And if we are really serious about 2050 net zero, we have to be very aggressive right here, right now. This is the first major plan Taiwan has announced to reach net zero. While environmentalists welcome any efforts to lower Taiwan's carbon emissions, they hope the roadmap will continue to be revised to meet loftier goals. Chris Ma and Bing Wong for Taiwan Plus. The heads of major Taiwanese broadcasting groups and one of their networks have resigned after the channel accidentally broadcast news of a Chinese invasion. Erroneous headlines running on screen reporting missile attacks, a local volcano eruption and an oil spill ran for eight minutes on Wednesday morning. Taiwan's National Com uh, Communications Commission has said the network violated the Radio and Television Act and could also face charges under public order violation. Rick Glowert reports. Alarming headlines during a live show on Taiwan's public broadcaster, Chinese Television System, or CTS, on Wednesday. New Taipei City hit by People's Liberation Army ground force missiles, reads this headline. Others said the president had declared a state of emergency in response to war and that ships had exploded in waters outside the country's capital city. It was eight minutes before the station realized its error prompting an on-air apology and call for calm. CTS blamed a technical error, saying the headlines, which also included other potential large-scale disasters, were prepared for a drill with the local fire department. But by Friday, heads were rolling, led by the station's acting president. The blunder comes amid heightened tensions with China, which claims Taiwan as its own and has recently ramped up threats to take the country by force. In the last month, Taiwan has upped its civilian warfare readiness, also partially in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, 
raising the nation's alert level and publishing a wartime survival handbook. The country's communications commission said the station violated the Radio and Television Act. While the panic for Wednesday morning TV viewers may have been short-lived, CTS is now facing potential charges of violating public order and a 68,000 US dollar fine. Patrick Chen and Rick Lowert for Taiwan Plus. In the mountainous forests of northwest Taiwan, the government has enlisted indigenous people to help them manage the woodlands. As Rick Cloward reports, this new cooperation is rebuilding a tricky relationship and revitalizing a local community. The Saisia people said a prayer before they felled this tree. Bakasan Forest in northwestern Taiwan is sacred to the Saisia people, one of the country's smallest indigenous groups. Their community was kept out of this land for years. But now the government has enlisted the Saisia people to help manage the forest. But it is not always an easy relationship between the authorities and indigenous groups. 60% of Taiwan is covered in forest, and most of it is owned by the government. But many of the island's 600,000 indigenous people have their roots in these areas, and there are calls for this land to be returned back to the original inhabitants. In these woodlands, the Saisiak people are now able to raise chickens, grow mushrooms, and keep bees to produce honey. The government helps them market their products. With the economy flourishing, young people are moving back to the area. And in many ways, a return to the forest means a return to the traditional way of life for the Saisiak people. This community is restoring its connection to the forest and rebuilding the local economy, leaving the Saisiak people a little more confident that their culture and traditions can flow to the next generation. Damon Lin and Rick Lowert for Taiwan Plus. Thanks for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Betty Chen. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com. <laughs>